You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Na, 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 come on. On this episode of the Heat Check, we got to talk about three teams heading into the playoffs. One, the Miami Heat. Do we ever reach this sort of stress point in the season where they're ready to throw down on NBA TV during a televised timeout where they know they're being televised? The other two, just absolute rocket ships. The Grizzlies with the second youngest team in the NBA who I think probably might have the deepest, best roster in the league and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, we are at the inflection point of all the things, all the favorite things that I love to talk about, and they have tapped in to my guy, Patrick Beverly's vibe, and they are letting folks know that they are here to put their boot on your neck. We're coming down the stretch, folks, so go ahead, Brock, and drop that beat. Boy, do we, Lucy, we got some splaining to do. We got to talk about the Heat. Yes. The Miami Heat have lost two games this week that they had absolutely zero business losing. They lost to the Philadelphia 76ers with no Embiid and no Harden. Yeah, that happened. And you're like, oh, well, I mean, maybe they just weren't ready. They were eight and a half point favorites. They lost outright. Okay, sometimes you just don't get up for a game. I get that. But what happened last night? Woof. Woof. That cannot, does not, should not happen. Golden State came to town and decided, yeah, we know Steph's out with a foot injury, but we're going to leave out Clay. We're going to leave out Dre. We're going to leave out the second coming of Wilt Chamberlain and Otto Porter. We're going to leave out Andre Iguodala back. We're just going to leave them. Who cares? Just They're not even going to show up. And the Warriors are a team that is, by all intents and purposes, reeling. They needed a win. And they said, eh, we know that they're number one in the East. Four guys, we just won't play them. Not even going to have them suit up. And they won that game. They, they were in danger of losing a spot in the West. And they are like, ah. Eh, it's okay. We're going to punk them. Let's punk the shit out of these guys. And that is what happened. The Miami Heat in that game, 10-point favorites. Never close. It was already bad. It was already disgusting. The Heat are trying to make a run. In the midst of a 19-0 run to start the quarter, all shit hit the fan. Captured in glorious red camera HD. Jimmy Butler and my guy Eric Spolstra from Portland, Oregon, former video coordinator, nice kid, nice kid from Portland, Oregon, Eric Spolstra. They're at each other's throats, seated, seat in front of seat. And Eric Spolstra looks at him and he's like, what, Jimmy, you think I'm going to fucking fight you? Hold on, pause. That was, those were words spoken. Those aren't words that I just thought he said. 
Those aren't words that I just imagined what he could have said. Those are words that were capturing, captured live on video that he actually said out loud to his star player. Wait, I'm going to fucking fight you? What? Okay, Spolstra yelled at Butler from across that huddle. Then Jimmy had to be held back. And then he goes after Spo. And then Udonis Haslam, the player coach, enters the chat, who is still part of the Miami Heat. He's still a part of the Miami Heat. Udonis Haslam won a ring with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. He's still there. He's still there as a player. 40-something years old, oldest man in the NBA, and he threatened to beat Jimmy Butler's ass live on TV. He was like, yo, I will fuck you up. And he would, too. Spode through his clipboard. Butler finally retreated. You see Kyle Lowry sort of scurrying away in the background. Like, I want no part of this nonsense. Absolutely. Trying to call a timeout in the middle of a kerfuffle. Right? Like, yo, uh, I think we all need some extra time. I know there's a game going on, but do you see what the fuck is happening here? Things are in disarray. Someone tweeted that uh, Kyle Lowry's that friend at a bar fight that somehow finds his way to the bathroom to wash his hands. Like, he's like, oh, do-do-do-do-do-do. I'm just going to go ahead and get away from all this. And I love Kyle Lowry. He's like a tough guy, but he wanted no part of that. And Bam Adebayo said this. This is us at practice. Pause. Why? <laughs> Why? Why does this? It's like when you see a, f- a couple fighting at a party or they have you over for dinner and then all of a sudden like you know a bottle of red wine is it to you know the lady friend's expectations and then she's like this is just like con when we went out and you ordered that shit bottle of pinot he's like you know what zoe i'm tired of this shit i'm fucking done and you're like everybody's still at dinner and everybody's looking at them and they're like should we leave what should we do uh, I'm going to go ahead and just keep eating on this bolognese. Great, great bolognese. Uh, can I get a little extra of that wine since you're not drinking it? And then the next day they're like, oh, you should see us when we're alone. And you're like, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. This shit is toxic. I know you think this is like a good competitive, we get it all out environment. But to me, this is bad. This is really bad. So anyway, Bam Adebayo, back to the story. Bam Adebayo says, this is us at practice. It just so happened it boiled over to the court. No. Okay. But also, you do a whole other things in practice that are never supposed to make it to game action, Bam Adebayo. You know this, Bam Adebayo. It is now to the point where we have news and whispers bubbling out. Like, by the way, hearing whispers that teammates actually don't really like playing with Jimmy Butler. Hearing whispers that there's a possibility that, I don't know, the Heat might make Bradley Beal a part of their off-season plans. And to that, I say, with what fucking cap space? You know a guy that would fit that cap space match pretty good? Uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler matches uh, my man Bradley Beal's max contract pretty well. Why? Why? Also whispers coming out that Jimmy not particularly liked in the locker room dating back to his time in Chicago when Jimmy Butler decided he was actually the leader of the Chicago Bulls, not 
my man D. Rose, former MVP who is rehabbing, to the point where him and Enforcer, a.k.a. the Udonis Haslam of the Chicago Bulls, a.k.a. Joakim Noah, had to be separated. Folks, <laughs> folks, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, in their last seven games, the Heat have lost to Phoenix, Minnesota, Philly, undermanned Philly, and now Golden State. I'm telling you, this squad, as much as I love their heart, their teamwork, their intensity, the heat culture, body weights 4.8% and less. Like, as much as I like them, they are ripe for an upset against what now is a full-time Kyrie Irving. Eric Adams has found a way to skeet skirt around the rules the best of his abilities and find some sort of loophole for athletes and entertainers like Kyrie and the rest of the unvaccinated Yankees that exist, which is pretty much all of them. Yankees, big money. You're lucky, Kyrie. You're lucky that lockout didn't last into June, my guy, because you would not be playing basketball. Why do you ask? Last night, underscores. <laughs> last night, last night, underscores the problem with this team. The problem with the Heat is that there is nobody on this squad that you can count on and rely on to get a bucket when you need one with guys draped all over them. And that is pretty critical to a title run. Let's go through the East and assess how they compare to other teams and whether they have those guys. Sixers, Embiid, always getting a bucket late in the game. He can go use his big body, either turn around, jumper, floater on you, or just draw contact and make his free throws, which he is now really clutch at doing. That's easy. Nets, KD and Kyrie bucket getters no matter when, however when, against anyone, doesn't matter who's guarding them, they're finding space and they're finding a bucket. Bucks, Giannis, yeah, he's shooting free throws now. Giannis is using his body like Embiid. You've got Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton could get his own shot off the dribble, but also around screens, hit very clutch shots, which we've seen in the playoffs so far. Also, Drew Holiday, do not sleep on him. He can also do the same thing. You saw that against the Phoenix Suns when they were going back and forth this uh, this regular season in that game in Milwaukee where they're trading baskets without Chris Paul and Drew Holiday comes up and gets the go-ahead bucket. In traffic with guys all around him. Celtics, Tatum is known for an ISO bucket getter. That's all he loves to do. That's what he wants. He's like in the Kobe, Kobe Bryant mold. Jalen Brown does that as well. Let's look out west. Luka? Luka, of course, is going to bully you down the stretch. He's going to shoot a step back three in your eyeball with .8 seconds left to go. Night, night, sleep mask, time to go home. Devin Booker, Chris Ball, you think they can't get a bucket in the mid-range? You don't think that they could like almost elevate into space, hang in the air for longer than you can even spell your first, middle, and last name and get a last-minute bucket? Of course they can. That's what they do super well. Come on now. Out west also, Jokic. Jokic can do that. He's just seven feet tall, long-ass arms, and can shoot from anywhere on the court. I don't know what is Miami going to do in those situations. Who are they going to rely on in those situations? And we know the answer to that, and the answer is that is Jimmy Bricketts. Jimmy, Jiminy Bricketts is what they should call him. Oh, Jiminy Bricketts. Who should they really rely on? Probably Tyler Hero. 
or maybe a, a guy who had a funeral for his knee in Victor Oladipo, which is absolutely sad, or maybe a guy that was a two-way G League guy who played for Team Nigeria and made his little appearance and now is a full-time player in Gabriel Vincent. Those are all guys that get buckets better than Jiminy Brickets. Kyle Lowry, I guess. This team has no last-minute ISO bucket getters. That gives me pause. That is not a good situation there. And if you watch him, he clinks on the back of the rim consistently. You watch him down the stretch, and you would put your beating heart on him missing. Like He, like, crisscrosses. It just looks awkward. It's always in the mid-range. If he shoots from there, you know it's probably getting an air ball. And you're like, nope, that's not going in. And it clanks, clank, 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 out. I don't know why, but it's true. This is the exact same problem that the Golden State Warriors have, actually, in a different way, is that teams triple Steph. They blitz him at the half court or even earlier than that. Steph has to pass out of that triple team. And then what does he do? He has to have a guy who can get his own shot, and that's Andrew Wiggins. And we've talked about this. Andrew Wiggins is just like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Like, this is bad. He is not making any shots. You've got Clay, but Clay's a spot-up shooter. He's not, he's not nearly mobile enough right now to go ISO uh, and figure out a way to get a late-minute bucket. And then you got Jordan Poole. He's not the guy either. This team, very similar in some ways than the Heat. The path forward, all that to say. I mean, let's just, be, let's just face it. They are going to get probably, and I hate Stephen A. Smith for jumping the gun just because he gets first take earlier than I do my show, <laughs> is that they are going to get upset in the first round. If they play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round with Kyrie playing home games and away games, it's an early exit. It's an unfortunate event is what we would call that. And I think the truth is, even though the Miami Heat might not want to admit it, the best course forward might be to trade Jimmy Butler to the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> ah, I love him. He's a dog. I think he makes his teammates better. I'm not quite sure. And you mention it. There are certain events that change your perspective on a human being. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. But... Now every decision that they make from now on after that seminal event, that inflection point of history, you then look at them with a different opinion. Jimmy Butler, to me, at one point could do no wrong. And now I'm wondering if he might just be the problem. So what we go out, that's how it's supposed to be. I rode or dode, what is it, ride or die, guess rode or dode, rode or dode, <laughs> for Jimmy Butler, <laughs> is because he went to the Minnesota Timberwolves and he had these punk-ass kids on the roster that, like, very clearly just wanted to smoke weed, like, very clearly just wanted to, like, fuck around at practice, play in the game, didn't have any interest in winning. And then he was he was obviously traded to Minnesota for Zach Levine and like Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins were on the firing line basically always with a one man firing squad and Jimmy Butler and they were lazy they were soft they were basically bad teammates is what I thought like these kids suck and like I can't blame someone like Jimmy Butler or Kobe or Chris Paul for just wanting players with immense ability and athleticism like Carl Anthony Towns and 
and Wiggins and shit like everybody that Chris Paul's ever played with besides these Phoenix Suns and you know DeAndre Jordan etc the list goes on and on all the people that Kobe Bryant wouldn't pass the ball to and I was like you know what if you're not a dog and you're playing with the ultimate junkyard junkyard dog and Jimmy Butler or Chris Paul or Kobe like you know what time it is either fall in line or get the fuck out but it turns out that Patrick Beverly is the key to unlocking the demons, unlocking the dog on the Minnesota Timberwolves squad. Also, Ant Edwards. But that those two together bring a different edge. Ant Edwards actually talked about this recently in his presser. So let's let's go ahead and check that out real fast. I feel like if you ain't got swag, then you're going to lose every game. So I try to come out with as much swag as possible, no matter how good I'm playing. And PB got his own swag. So I think that just make the team have all the swag in the world. And after we do that, then nobody can beat us. I heard they haven't been winning since like 03 or something. 04. I was like three years old. But yeah, this this is not the Timberwolves that didn't never that didn't have swag since 04. Like, nah. <laughs> and I'm I'm putting that in my teammates. And Pat Bev coming with a lot of swag and he putting that in the teammates. So we're gonna go off that. Yeah. Cat last year said a word on the court. Now he's talking crazy to people. And it's cause he got swag. Right now he got swag. You know what I'm saying? He killing drip coming to the game. Yeah, showing off the watch, showing off, you know what I'm saying? Got him with iced out chant. Yeah, he's swaggy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Love that. Love cat. You feel like you see the biggest difference. Like last year in Miami, he almost like seemed to almost maybe kind of back down and yet doesn't do that anymore. Nah, he ain't never back down. It's just um we ain't had no swag, you know what I'm saying? Like, now we got two people who got swag, and and they and PB swag is like he just off the off the charts, you know what I'm saying? So he gonna make everybody have swag. He make my swag go up, <laughs> and I feel like my swag is high as it can get. But nah, yeah, cat swag is definitely um, rising, man. It can get a lot a lot higher. So yeah, people in trouble for sure with cat. Wow, and it can get. A lot higher. And it did. It did last night. Yes, sir. Against the Phoenix Suns. Patrick Beverly and Ant Edwards, I think, changed the culture of the Timberwolves and changed the DNA of Carl Anthony Towns in a way that Butler never could. Because those guys, you see them. Yeah, they don't want to back down from anything. But they have fun. They laugh right in your face. I don't know how much Jimmy Butler's having fun out there. He always looks a little mad to me. And you look at Aunt Edwards and it's like, yeah, you're not about to punk me, but I am laughing and having a great time. He made hoops fun in a way that if you're someone like Carl Anthony Towns, a seven-footer who's been through the AAU system his entire life where hoops is the only thing, everything that matters, you get to the tippy-tippy top, you get the money, you're like, you know what? I'm kind of good, <laughs> you know? I'm kind of like more life. I'm kind of ready for a little more life. My entire life has been basketball, and now basketball is fun again, like it was when I was 15, 16 years old. Pat Bev and Aunt Edwards make basketball fun. And I think that's why he's a different, a different player this year, right? And not only did he put up 60, which is impressive, he was doing it while having the time of his life. And it shows. Last night, you saw it. Carl Anthony Town gets in Jay Crowder's face. Face-to-face, looks down at him like, what? 
What are you about to do? And Jay Crowder's a dog. To go toe-to-toe, face-to-face, nose-to-nose, or nose-to-chin with Jay Crowder, impressive. Carl Anthony Towns then wins the three-point contest, says, yeah, I'm the best big, big man shooter in history. Just a level of confidence and a level of arrogance that you never saw. Aunt Edwards even talked about it like in that clip where he's like, he never said a goddamn thing on the court. Jimmy Butler called him baby shit soft, and he didn't say anything back. Do you think he's going to do that now? Ooh-wee! And of course, Carl Anthony Towns making fun of Russell Westbrook's air ball, like, where did that ball come from? It came from the sky. Where did that, that ball came down like it was a bird that was shot from the sky. I personally love it. Some people don't love it, but I personally love it. Stephen A. Smith doesn't exactly like it. Didn't like the reaction at all. Basically argued that Carl Anthony Towns has no right to act with such swagger. To do such a thing to Russell Westbrook, who demands respect. Which, by the way, Stephen A. Smith has been bagging on Russell Westbrook from the time that I can remember. So, very funny that he's trying to, like, cape for Russell Westbrook in a situation against one of the worst teams in the last two decades. Stephen A. Smith clowned the Wolves franchise by saying none of them have done anything in the last 17 years, which is true. But, Carl Anthony Towns is right when he asked why Russell Westbrook never got shit from doing the rock the baby thing or doing all the antics that he's done on the court for a very, very long time. He said in response to Stephen A., now when we have a little fun with the game, we're being classless? It's cool, though. I, I understand. It's cool when people are doing this, you know, the cojone celebrations in people's faces, right? That was cool. That was cool, right? All right, yeah, yeah. Things came back to bite for those people. It was all good when people were fitting narratives about me and Pat Be- Beverly and stuff, me being soft, Pat Beverly doing nothing but yet running around and yelling. That's cool, right? It was cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool then, right? Funny. Ha, 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 ha. Fuck out of here. Stop it. I love Cat now. I've said... Many years, he's never going to be tough. I've said it. He's never going to be tough. He's always going to be soft. He's always going to be kitty cat. And I am, I pulled a 180. And the reason I pulled a 180 is because of Pat fucking Beverly. I love him. I love him. I like it when teams, and, and it's funny because we as a collective, not me, but the collective society is all four front runners. Teams with banners, being loud and audacious, ostentatious, just putting their feet on people's throats. Yeah, yeah, we're the best, blah, blah, blah. Celtics, Lakers, fuck. Even Knicks to a degree. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. They want to stomp the little lowly teams in the league. And then when the lowly teams try to come up, it's it's a cast system here. And they don't want the serfs of the league to come up and rise up like the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies. And it somehow just hits us differently when a team punches up straight in the mouth. When a team from the bottom of the bottom in the Timberwolves, which they were, hits the Lakers in the mouth and knocks them the fuck out, proverbially, that just something hits different. People get mad about that. And now they have guys that say, we're no longer punching bags. We don't care if you're the Lakers. We don't care if you're the Celtics. We don't care who you are. We are going to play in a way that when we win, you know about it. In the ways that you guys are allowed to do it. That's how we're going to do. And that's what Pat Bev did. He gave them swag. He gave them a chip that turned Cat from Kitty Cat into a junkyard dog. Ant was, of course, born with swag. 
Like, you can just hear it in everything. That he, everything that he does, everything that he says, you can just tell he has it. Carl Anthony Towns was a nerd. He didn't have it. He's dating, what, Jordan Woods? That was an anomaly. Like, he, she probably clowns him all the time. Now he's got a little toughness. He's got a little swag. He's got a little style. All of that. Aunt Edwards and Pat Bev changed that culture. For sure. And that is why they're going to be a dangerous, dangerous play-in or maybe even playoff team in the West. So go ahead, Pat Beverly. Go ahead. Get your bag. Everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they say yeah. And they say there. That part of the year. Prediction time. At worst, the Grizzlies are going to the Western Conference Finals. Plus 2,000, 20 to 1 to win it all, 12 to 1 to come out the West. I'm going to bet them just because the value is there, but they're just that good. Maybe the most amazing stat that has come out this entire year is that the Memphis Grizzlies, with John Morant, whose MVP caliber play has lifted them to the ceiling, are still 15-2 and two without him. Wow. That is absurd. And they don't beat scrubs. They've pounded Toronto, Dallas twice, Miami, Philly, L.A. Clippers, Pelicans, and now the fully healthy Brooklyn Nets without one of the best three to five players in the NBA. He was just sitting there in his little Louis coat, just with his grill in, enjoying the show, had his popcorn in his hand, just loving Every second of it. And they destroyed the Nets. Destroyed them. That said everything about a team that is the second youngest in the NBA at 24 years old. The Miami Hurricanes that are playing right now in the NCAA tournament are older than the Memphis Grizzlies. That is actually a fact. That is, that is crazy. They took it to the Nets. Pounded them in the first half. Then Brooklyn showed up, gave them their best punch. Kyrie and KD cooked in the third quarter to the tune of 42 points. Outscored them by 15 in the third and took a one-point lead into the fourth quarter. We're actually favored to win the game by four points, the Nets. Memphis, youngest, second youngest team in the NBA, 24 years old, did not blink. They took the best shot from the NBA's two leading, number two leading odds team. They're what, plus 450 to win it all, plus 600, depending on the day, depending on the line, and they just took it to them, put the clamps on Brooklyn. 16 points they held them to in the fourth quarter. 16. How is it possible to hold an entire team when two of those players are Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to 16 points in a quarter? 132 to 120. Let me just tell you, folks, keep your eyes peeled. This team is a fucking problem. They are young, and they are composed. For them to be this young and this composed is absolutely absurd. They are deep. They are athletic. They are unafraid. They are unapologetic. And this was without John Morant. John Morant, their number one guy, wasn't playing, and they beat the shit out of the Nets. ruh Imagine if you're trying to break down film on who you're going to guard in preparation for a playoff game against the Grizzlies. Like, who is their, their weak guy you're going after? John Morant. Let's just go through the roster. Second in points in the paint. Six feet tall. Averaging 28 points, six rebounds, seven assists. 
and he's 22. If you take out Jaw out of the game, then you look locked down on Desmond Bain. He's averaging 18, 5, and 3, shooting 42% from three. Dylan Brooks, 18, 3, and 3. He's clamps. Some people think the most talented guard next to John Moran is actually DeAnthony Melton, who's averaging 10, 2, on three, 10, 2 and 3 on just 22 minutes. And that's not even taking into account Tyus Jones, the overlooked point guard who turns the ball less than any other point guard in the, in the NBA and still manages 8, 2, and 4 in 20 minutes a game. Five guards, all of them playing 20 minutes or more, all of them getting buckets. Guys like Desmond and Dylan lock down defenders, two-way scorers, and defensive guys. Then you look at their front line. Nobody ever talks about Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson, one of the most underrated players in the league, probably should be a leading candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. He's averaging 16-6-1, making players, maybe people who thought his extension was bad money, look like absolute idiots. He's, I think at one point he was a co-leader in blocks per game. Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, just an unsung hero. 10-6-1 on less than 20 minutes. Can play some small five, he can play four, he can play three. Kyle Anderson, another unsung hero. Great minutes off the bench. Steven Adams, if you know I like Patrick Beverly, then you know I like Steven Adams. A, an absolute monster, an absolute tough guy. Averaging 10 rebounds a game and nearly two blocks, two steals per game. Zaire Williamson, just a rookie. Averaging nearly 20 minutes a game. Nice little spot-up three-point shooter. Definitely like an extra spark. Tell me, where is this roster weak? They roll 10 deep on any given night. They can actually go deeper if necessary. Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, even John Conchar is shooting 40% from three. This team is fucking stacked. And it might be a hot take, but the more I think about it, with their, with their youth, their, their springiness, their ability to just go toe-to-toe on a night-to-night basis because of how young they are, they can compete for all 48 minutes, and they're deep, right? So that seven-game series is no thing. They're not going to get worn down. You take them seven, they can go another seven with the next team. You know, sometimes you go seven in the first round, and then the next round is where you get knocked out because you're so tired. Not these Grizz. No, sir. I think that they're deeper and more talented as a, as a total team than the Phoenix Suns. And that is saying a lot. I love the Suns. Not saying that they have veteran leadership, but if you can run five guards out there any given day who can give you 20 a night, you are a problem. You are a problem. And how many teams have two guys that are legitimate on-ball lockdown defenders that, you are, that are not offensive liabilities? Like, I like Matisse Thybul. Well, what is he going to do for you, like, offensively? Absolutely fucking nothing. The Memphis Grizzlies are the number one team to watch. You've got Golden State that's vulnerable, Denver that's missing guys, Utah that's very vulnerable from a defensive standpoint, specifically a lot of old guys with ACLs ready to just pop. The Grizzlies are the team to beat, other than the Phoenix Suns in the West. So don't... Don't listen to me. Just know, come back to the tape when this shit plays out exactly like I said it was. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell your friends. Follow us on social at, at this heat check and Trista Crick on TikTok.
Snoopy and Snoopy Snoopy in the hoodie. System overload. I've been running this rap game since I was 20 years old. I hung with the worst of them. Bust till I burst them up. Floss them up. Toss them up. Harder one. Cross them up. Pardon me. I'm bossing up. Brace you up. Bless you, bro. Don't mess with us. We like the youth in the 80s. Back to back. Set a track. Hit the lick. Get it back. Get the trick. Jump the track. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.